welcome, welcome. This is the official Plan Your Federal Benefits podcast. My name is Dallin Hawes. I will be your host today, and this is where we go over the tips and tricks and strategies to get the most out of your federal benefits and your federal retirement. So let's get into it. And as always, this podcast is meant for educational purposes only and is not intended to be investment, tax, accounting, or legal advice. Hello, hello, good morning. At least it's a great morning for me. It is, let's see, about 6 a.m. in the morning. Had to get some of these videos in before work to make sure that you get the answers that you need about your federal benefits. And so therefore, I do whatever it takes to film this to get you what you need. So today is a very interesting, maybe controversial topic, and that is about your most valuable, your most valuable federal benefit. And I now I know there's debate over this. Okay, which benefit is my best? Is my TSP, my pension, all these things. But let me make an argument for one benefit that it is your most valuable, in my opinion. First, the monetary value is huge. Second, the rarity, how rare it is in the marketplace is also huge. So two factors that really make a difference. So you've probably heard in my other videos, other podcasts, that this is my opinion. But I believe that your FEHB, your federal employee health benefits, your health insurance through the federal government is your most valuable benefit. Now, there's a few reasons why I think that. But regardless of what the best benefit you think is, it is extremely, it's a valuable benefit, even if it's not your most valuable, it's super valuable. And it is key that you don't lose this benefit into retirement. If you can do that, if you can keep it into retirement, it will take off so much stress when it comes to retiring because Medicare, which most people start at 65, is simply not sufficient or just at the least, it's inconvenient just to have Medicare because a lot of doctors and hospitals don't accept just Medicare. Sometimes they get picky about it. And second, sometimes it's just sheerly not sufficient for your needs and you end up paying a ton out of pocket um, because of just Medicare. So make sure you consider what I'm going to talk about, whether you, like I said, whether you agree or not that it's the most important, it's irre irrelevant. I think we could all agree that it's valuable and what can we do now to make sure that we can keep it into retirement. Okay, so let's jump right in. So, FEHB becomes such an incredible program because of its size. Basically, most of the time, the larger a plan size, whether it's health insurance or life insurance, the more people that are in a single plan, the cheaper the rates get for everyone. And in the FEHB plan, there's nearly 9 million people. And so first of all, you're saving tons of money and you're getting better coverage just by being in a big plan. So that's a huge benefit. Second, not all employers offer health insurance, even when people are working, right? Not all, not all employers do that. And for those that do offer health insurance for people that work, only a small percentage, about 18%, of those employers actually allow their employees to keep their health insurance into retirement. So you're part of a very small group of people that actually can have health insurance through their job and then that can keep that health insurance into retirement because it gets very expensive. And I'm sure you know this already, where you only pay a portion of your premium. 
and the government picks up about 72%-ish. It varies depending on the plan, but about 72% is what they pay. So for example, if let's say you pay $400 a month for your FEHB premiums, then your total premium is gonna be about $1,400. And that's what you would have to pay to get a comparable plan somewhere else. And generally, you couldn't even get a comparable plan for that price because that's in an incredible FEHB policy where the rates are down because the group is so large. So because of all these things, it's a very rare benefit and extremely valuable benefit, extremely. Okay, so there's two main requirements that you have to meet to be able to keep your FEHB into retirement. Two main things. And you definitely want to look at this if you, if in your financial plan, if it's essential that you keep your FEHB, make sure you do your research, make sure you know all the little rules, but there's two main ones. Two main ones that if you could do these, most often you can keep your FEHB into retirement. So first, you have to retire with an immediate retirement or an immediate annuity, okay? So that means basically right when you retire, your annuity is gonna start. And sometimes it does take a few months for OPM to calculate it, all that good stuff. But in general, if you can start an annuity right away, that is one requirement. Where for example, if you go out on a deferred retirement, many of you have heard about that, a deferred retirement is not eligible to keep their federal health benefits into retirement, they're not. And so that's one major downside. Now, you might have heard of a postponed retirement, which most people think, oh, isn't that the same as deferred and postponed? Those, don't those mean the same? Well, yes, but in the federal context of retirement, no. They're very different. And the one major difference is that with a postponed retirement, you don't start your pension right away, that's true, but when you do start your pension, whenever it starts down the road, when you're eligible, you could start your FEHB up again. So you'll have this gap where you're not getting a pension and you're not eligible for your health benefits. But when you start, like I said, with a postponed retirement, then you'd be able to get your FEHB back again. So that's a huge difference between deferred retirement and postponed retirement. I'm not gonna go into the nitty gritty of all the differences between those two right now, but just know that that's a huge, huge difference. But in general, if you can retire on, a, on an immediate annuity, then that's one requirement to keep your FEHB into retirement. Okay, number two, and that is you have to be enrolled in an FEHB plan for the five years before you retire. Sometimes what happens is let's say there's one spouse who is a federal employee. They have another spouse who's also working, just not in the federal government, right? They have a job on the private side, and let's say the, the spouse on the private side has access to health insurance through their employer as well. And it just so happens that the rates with their employer are actually pretty good, they're pretty cheap. And so the federal employee says, hey, I'm just gonna stop FEHB and I'm gonna jump on your plan. It's cheaper just to have one plan, right? And in some cases that might not be a bad idea, but just know, if you're not enrolled in FEHB for the five years before you retire, you are not eligible to keep your FEHB in retirement. So make sure, first, make sure that you with your spouse's employer can keep that into retirement. And if not, make sure you're on FEHB 
during during those last five years to make sure that you can keep it into retirement because it makes a huge difference in just first of all feeling good about retirement knowing that even when health insurance costs are going through the roof you have a plan that is highly subsidized by the government and it's not going to kill you over time it's going to get more expensive for everyone but at least you have some flexibility where you know that a huge portion of it is going to be paid by the government so those are the two main things the two main things that you want to watch out for when planning in the you know five ten years before retirement that you want to make sure you have so you can keep your health benefits into retirement and i always have to mention for those with tricare as long as you for example if you're in tricare during the last five years before retirement you can actually keep your fehb if you want into retirement if you enroll the last basically month the last period of your your career as long as you're enrolled in the last one into fehb you can then keep it into retirement but many people on tricare don't want to have tricare and fehb you have to you have to make that decision for you what makes sense but if let's say you want to transition from tricare to fehb make sure you understand those rules and what you can keep into retirement what you can't and all the different nitty-gritty in between because one big difference between tricare and fehb is with tricare when you hit 65 you are mandated you have to enroll in medicare part b with FEHB, that is not a mandate. So there's there's a few little key differences that you want to make sure you understand when thinking about this. But that is why I'm here to kind of get you to think about some of these factors that come into play when planning for your retirement because the details matter. The details matter to make sure that you feel comfortable, as comfortable as you can, to get you to where you want to go in retirement. So thanks again for being here. I hope you found value in this content. I know in the last couple of videos I mentioned this as well. I have a brand new book on Amazon, Building Wealth in the TSP. It's for FERS employees only. Sorry for the CSRS employees out there. 99% of people I work with are in the FERS system. So I'm familiar with that system way more than the CSRS system. So that's why it is specifically for employees. I'll put a link in the description below if you want to check it out. It's a small book. It's 30 pages. I know when I read a book, I want the most important details, the most important things condensed. I do not want to read 300 pages of fluff. I want the most important things right in th at the beginning. So that is why I condensed everything I know about the TSP and took the 30 pages of most important things, condensed it, and put it in a book for you. So check it out if you're interested. And again, I hope this is valuable and I will see you next week. And again, thank you for making it to the end of my video, the end of my podcast. I hope this brought value to you and your life. My goal with this content is to bring as much value to as many people as I possibly can. So please, if you can, if this brought value to you, please show your support, subscribe, hit the thumbs up, comment, Give me feedback about what you want to hear about, what you want to learn about, and how you can get more value out of this and so that I could do the very best I can to make this the best channel for my viewers, for my listeners, the very best I can. So again, thank you for being here and investing in yourself and in your future. And I will see you next week.